His friends would say, stop whining, they've had enough of that. His friends would say, stop pining, there's other girls to look at. They've tried to set him up with Tiffany and Indigo, but there's something about Mary that they don't know. Mary, there's just something about Mary. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Movies We Were Way Too Young to See, a look at some of the most influential films we grew up watching, regardless of parental approval. As you probably heard from that lovely introduction song, we're going funny today. Funny, heartfelt, romantic, yeah? Yep, we're switching it up. No more sci-fi action movies for a bit. We are getting those fan mails from you guys sending those <laughs> emails. <laughs> no more violence, they tell us. They just wanted us to expand our horizons a little bit, so we said, what the hell, let's do it. Yep, we decided to change it up for everybody. Cool. So this movie is 1998's Peter and Bobby Farrell's, I'm sorry, Peter and Bobby Farley's There's Something About Mary. Fucking classic. This was a pretty cool movie. The reason we're doing this one, we were talking about this off air, and not Dumb and Dumber. I think Dumb and Dumber, because of its PG-13 rating, you could see children kind of getting away with listening to that or, or watching it. And with this one, it was like a hard R. I remember the, the commercials when it came out, and I just remember seeing that rated R. But it just attracted me to that. I think it was Cameron Diaz. Oh, yeah. It was a poster. It was the poster, It was the poster, right? like the iconic poster of her in the pink dress. Yeah, like slanted sideways. Was the dog there, too? Yeah, I think the dog was pulling down her her uh, her dress. Yeah, very pretty. She yeah. did good in the mask. She's she did a, good here. She's a comedy great. What, sweetest thing? My best friend's wedding. Oh, the Char- the Charlie Angels. Uh, oh yeah, Charlie's film? Angels. Yeah. Bad Teacher. She has some chops. She's good. Actually, she does a lot of comedy movies. I told you. Okay, let's get to the premise of the film. Ben Stiller plays a character named Ted. He is in love with Mary. Mary was this dream girl, this California blonde that he is head over heels in in high school, and he has still not gotten over her. Right. Mm-hmm. So he tries to find his way back into her life. And it turns out four other dudes are doing the same thing. They're just as madly in love with Mary as Ted is. And that's where all the chaos and all the slapstick, wacky adventures unravel. The first major one, though, is the actually introduction of the film when we see Ted and Mary in their high school days. And uh, basically what happens is... It's before school starts. Warren, who is Mary's uh, mentally disabled brother, somehow he follows Mary to school. Or what does he do? So it's like right before school, and Ted is just you know hanging out with his buddy. But he could see that Warren he was being told by another student to say something to a couple that were making out far away. He was just trying to find his baseball, right? Yeah. Have you, have you seen my baseball? So then that, that those two dudes, they make him say, like, Have you seen my wiener? Have you seen my wiener? Yeah. He's and, a, you know, he's special, so he just keeps asking, because the, they told him, like, wiener means ball, and they're like, oh, wiener means ball? So he's like, yeah, but, you know, don't say ball. Say, you know, just keep saying wiener. Have you seen my wiener? <laughs> so then, you know, he goes to the couple and says that, and the, the male and the couple, he's just, He's those, you know, the aggro young teenagers like, what? 
what'd you say? What'd you say in front of me and my lady, bro? Right. Yeah. He's trying to pick a fight with yeah. this dude. And obviously the comedy comes from, you could s- totally see that there's something not right with Warren. And uh, as our surrogate Ted goes over there and he's trying to tell him, Hey man, what, there's something wrong with him. He's like, what, what you, you, this guy's friend too, bro. You want this too? You want this heat? And he's like, no, man. He's just trying to tell him. No, he's, he, and boom, you know, knocks him down. And then that's when, uh, Cameron Diaz's character, Mary, you know, they meet finally. Ted basically defends Warren. Mary thanks him. They end up talking and, uh, Ted, he asks her to prom. He shoots his shot. He shoots his shot. He's like, if, if now, if not now, when? Mm-hmm. And Mary says yes. So that set up the whole first major scene that we want to talk about right now. The zipper scene. The infamous Frank and Bean scene. The Frank and Bean <laughs> scene. Oh, my gosh. Is it the Frank or the Beans? As a kid, like, I remember rewinding it and trying to pause it because when they actually show the thing, I was like, what the heck is going on? That shit was scary. <laughs> I was just like, please don't let my parents walk in right now. This is not gonna this is not gonna bode well for me. Okay. What happens is Mary and Ted, they end up going to prom. Ted is on his way to pick Mary up at her house, but the first thing that we notice is the person that opens the door is none other than Keith David. Keith David. If you guys don't the know who he is. He's a legendary actor. He's a legendary actor. Uh he's not the same skin color. As Mary and Ted, he's an African-American fellow. So that completely takes him off guard. <laughs> well, that's where the comedy ensues, you know? That's exactly. That's where it starts. It's like, who the hell are you? Yeah. Like, just you know, The Fairley brothers are good at that, you know? Like, come on, we all felt that before when you're going to, you know, a partner's house or a freshly new. You never met their parents, but you know they're there. You're already, like, anxiety written, so you know? And they're playing on that. They're, the Fairley brothers are playing on that for you. Like, I understand that. And then right when you open the door, and you're just like the character because you, you're going to pick up your beautiful white surfer girl, right? You expect her dad to be fucking howdy duty or some shit, right? And then and, he, he does a double take. Ted, do you remember? Yeah. He he a, he's like, well, what's going on? He looks at the address and he's, and he's like, is Mary, is Mary here? She wanted the prom with Woogie. And like, <laughs> again, messing with expectations. Like you thought, oh, what? She actually went with Woogie and not him. You think he's crushed, but he's not. No, he's like, nah, man, I'm messing with you. She's inside. And then the funniest part happens when (laughs) they finally go inside the home. You see the wedding picture, and it's Mary's mom and Keith David's character, their wedding picture, and he just has this massive, giant (laughs) afro, like, (laughs) just like, whatever. That just... That's the life they lived, so that was super funny. Yeah, no, it's just like that little like sprinkle, and it just makes it even more funnier. You know, yeah, like, oh, did. and I did it to the audience. You're like, duh, like I know this. In real life, there are interracial couples or, you know, like modern families, you know, but the Fairley Brothers, they do that throughout the whole movie, and that's what comedy is. Like you're expecting something, and they give you that little twist, and that little twist makes it far hilarious. Yes, it does. So when they're doing that, you have Warren still right there. Warren from before, like the earlier scene, I don't think he was able to find his baseball. So Ted, trying to be a good dude and everything, he brings Mary her corsage. Mm-hmm. Corsage, yeah. Her corsage, and then he's going to bring Warren a baseball. But he doesn't understand that Warren, he's very, very sensitive to his like uh, his ear area. So like he, he doesn't like people touching him there. He's, he's like very, I don't know what the word is. Like he's just, oh, just not, know, he's very sensitive. Yeah. So he's just trying to be a good dude. And it's like, hey, Warren, there's something right behind your ear. It's like your baseball. I, mm. I, I've seen it. And Warren's super happy. He's like, oh, you've seen my baseball. Thank you so much. <laughs> Where is it? 
And uh, he's winking. Like, Ted is winking at his parents. Yeah. It's like, he's like, watch me. Watch me. Watch what I'm going to do. I'm going to do something so cool. You're going to love me. He's like, check out these brownie points I'm about to score right now, guys. And he's like, right behind your ear. And Warren freaking freaks yeah. out, dude. <laughs> just like, blah. Just like, he starts like, attacking. Him, yeah. He starts attacking Ted, like, literally, like a wrestling, like, spear. Everything, the whole living room, like, you know, and then the, the dad and the mom are trying to calm Warren down. Do you remember, though, because because Ted is literally smacking his face, like, he's smacking Warren in the face, like, he's like, stop, get off me, get off me. <laughs> and uh, and then Warren, like, they finally separate them, and Warren just, like, he's having a breakdown. He's like, ah, my ears, my ears. Yeah. <laughs> and the parents are trying to console him right there. Yeah. Him. And, and, then, and then Ted... He's like, I didn't know that was going to happen. And Keith David's character, he's just like, man, what the hell is wrong with you? And like. He gives a face of disgust. (laughs) Ted is trying to kind of just like raise himself or defend himself. And the moment he tries that, like Keith David notices it. And he just uses all of his like black energy. He's like, don't you come in here. I'll beat your ass, motherfucker. Or something like that. (laughs) And he he just whimpers away and shrivers away. And it was just like, fuck, dude. This is what, the first 10 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was the opening. Yeah. Uh, And and, and yeah, that's. That leads us to where he we actually continuing the sequence, yeah. continuing this. So he's just like, "Oh my god, this is too much for me. Let me go to the bathroom, yeah. just kind of chill out." And he's doing that, and he sees like these lovely uh, these birds, right? And he's like literally just focusing on these birds, like outside of the bathroom. And they rack focus, so they pull the focus back, and right behind those birds is Mary and her mom, and they're like changing in the room right there. Do you want to talk about that right now, though? Do you want to bring that up? The architecture of this place. It's, it was a little bit confusing. So as cool as this scene was, I was a bit stumped by it. Uh, it brought up many questions while I was watching this. So I caught a goof. Usually I don't really catch these. But during this scene, it, it was just too jarring for me to like not notice. It's like one of those typical scenes that you would see. He's in the bathroom and he looks diagonally across. And then like Mowgli said, they're still there. But what to me, that only makes sense if the house is like if they were neighbors that he could look directly into her bathroom. Yeah. But this is the same house, and I it has to have, like, a unique structure. I, I've never seen a house that's shaped this way where you could see two, like, from the same house, not two different houses I've seen. It, I, like, it had to be, like, a U-shaped house or something, so he's able to see Mary from that window directly, diagonally above. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> as funny as the scene was, we were just talking about it right now, and then we're like, wait, how does that even make sense? Yeah, it just didn't make sense, but, you know, that's movie magic. You're not supposed to ask too many questions. Right. We know too much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So 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 then that happens, and he's like, they think he was masturbating. Uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> but he wasn't. He wasn't. He was literally yeah. just staring at the birds. Yeah. So he, he's like, oh, man, let me just try and get out of here and explain that my situation, and his zipper gets yeah. caught right there. Just and, being and in a hurry. <laughs> We've all done it. Oh, yeah. gosh. That was painful. That was brutal. Like, every, even then, I was just like, ah! <laughs> Even now, like, I was just like, oh, I knew it was coming. But that shriek, that it, shriek he lets out, so funny. Ah! Ow! And, and then, well, the cops, you know, people start coming, but a cop comes, and that's when the shriek is like, uh, we got a call. We heard a young, we, about a young lady screaming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that was him. That was yeah, him. That was yeah, him. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what happens is he just keeps on spending, uh, Ted does, in the bathroom. He refuses to come out because that's stuck in there. And to add more to the joke, more people are trying to just see what's happening in this mm. bathroom, what's happening in this bathroom. So at first, it was only the, uh, the parents, mm-hmm. Mary's parents. And Mary then comes in. And then and then he's like, no, it's fine. I can, I can go to prom like this, see? And he's trying to cover oh. it. Remember that? He's yeah, just exactly. trying to cover it. <laughs> yeah. Like, how the hell you put the Frank in the beans? You can't do that. 
and Warren, Warren's just in the in the back, like outside of the of the the bathroom. He's just Frank and Beans, Frank and Beans. I loved it. And more people coming, like you said. There's a firefighter. Mm-hmm. There's a police officer. And um, when they finally are able to do that, it's like ripping off a band aid. Like it's just like pulling off a band aid. One, two, and then that cut. cut. That yeah. cut was so hilarious because it's we got a bleeder. Has like Ted in the back of a of a paramedic, like a stretcher, and he's like, <laughs> they're not. He's not going to prom anymore. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's, you're assuming like his dick is completely like mutilated. Right like, now. Well, because he's there, and you just see this bright red spot, kind of like in RoboCop, with oh, the, yeah, like, the right. big red spot on his crotch. Fuck. And then and then you you got you got Warren just yelling, he was masturbating, <laughs> he was masturbating. <laughs> I love that part. You just see Warren just about he was masturbating. Breaking beans. And mind you now, like the whole uh, street is outside now. So like you just yeah, see. The, they, they see all the paramedics and everyone there. So and like, Ben Siller is so good. His face, the shock you see, like embarrassment. Like I felt it. I, I love the braces. That. The braces on Ben Siller is so funny. <laughs> Such a funny, funny like uh, detail to his character. Yeah, the costuming of it. Yeah. Yeah. Super funny. That's the first scene. And uh the laughs do not stop from that. No, it like mm. it just continues. It builds off of that. I feel like. Do you want to talk about the other dudes who are in love with her? What do you want to do? Yeah, I'm down. Which one? Uh, these are uh, some weirdos here. Some weirdos, I guess. Let's do a breakdown of uh, the different men that are in love with uh, Mary. After all this happens, this is all a flashback scene. He's like Ted is talking to his like therapist. And he wants to reconnect. He feels now is the time to reconnect with Mary. So he hires this private investigator. This is my favorite character Healy. in the movie. <laughs> Matt Dillon as, uh, was it Pat Healy? Pat Healy? Pat Healy. He's like this typical 90s sleazeball who happens to be a private detective. And he's just a terrible liar and just like, oh my God, how did, he, how did he, this? He's a slime. <laughs> he kind of reminds me of Saul Goodman kind of. A, a, like in that sleazebag sense. Yeah, no, he's like a, I'm, he's like a bootleg Tom Selleck Magnum P.I. Just slick, like a drunk Magnum P.I. I would say, like, you know, like, I forget what car he drives. He drives like a Cavalier, but like he tries to make, like, you know, he just sets himself higher and higher. Like he's the top, but he's like the bottom barrel. So he takes the job as a private investigator. Starts following Mary. And then he ends up falling in love with her himself, mm-hmm. right? So he he doesn't want to report what his findings back to Mary. He's like, "Whoa, Mary's actually super, super beautiful now, and I don't want Ted to know any of this, so I'm just going to lie and say that she's like." Was Mary a little big bone back in high school? Missing a leg and missing an eye and like morbidly obese and has a bunch of kids, and then I'm going to try and get her myself. Yeah. <laughs> so he's super funny that way. Um, the other dude too is like another dude who's trying to be disabled. He's pretending to be handicapped, yeah. I guess. Like Tucker. He has, um, are they, they're not really stilts. It, it's more, crutches, I, I, I guess like, yeah, crutches. crutches. The character best to describe him would be Timmy. Timmy. <laughs> or, or Jimmy. It'd be Jimmy. Jimmy, it, Jimmy, it, yeah, yeah, Jimmy from South Park. Yeah, Jimmy was the one who had the similar crutches. Not the good joke, so. And, uh, <laughs> Timmy. <laughs> so, so Tucker is like this, pretending to be this architect who's disabled with a British accent, and he's, like, Mary's best friend. Or little does Mary know that he's actually, like, this terrible pizza... Hippie-ish kind of stoner. Yeah, he used to have this massive beard. It was just super funny when, when Pat Healy's character confronts him. He's like, you're a liar, I know you are, because I'm an architect. Like, like <laughs> he, he, Healy realizes that Mary loves architects, so they both say they're architects. <laughs> I love it. And then there's this other dude named Brett. We'll talk about him later, right? Yeah, special. <laughs> Brett. <laughs> 
So those are the four dudes, I guess. Uh, well, no, for, you, oh, actually, you miss I, one. You miss one. Tell me, tell me. Come on, you missed the, I missed, the I missed most the beautiful menu. one. <laughs> right. All hives and everything, right? Well, we got to tell the little mini subplot of this one, of the of the fourth, or maybe the first person who was ever in love with Mary. Steve, Ted's friend, is the one who actually gets Ted to go out and find Mary because he was co-workers with Healy. So he's the one who actually gave Healy the number, gave Ted Healy's number, and went on this journey. So when Ted goes to find Mary, that's when you find out towards the end that his best friend, Steve, is actually the reason why Mary was so hard to find and they needed a private eye because she had a stalker who was her first boyfriend. And what is Steve's last name? I, I can't it's, pronounce it's, it's Wooganowski, and that's why he was called Woogie. Woogie. Yeah, so the the main person you hear about is Mary's first boyfriend, Woogie. He was a psycho, crazy dude. And, you know, through the story, you don't know that Steve is Woogie, Ted's friend. So that was a funny reveal at the end of the movie. Yeah, you're right. He is. He's probably the first love then. Yeah. yeah. So there, there's a couple other scenes, too. Well, there's another character, I guess, we can talk about right now, is the dog. Magda is Mary's roommate. She has this freaking wild dog. And Healy and Ben Stiller's character, they have a, what, hate-hate relationship. (laughs) The dog hates them, and they hate them, too, and they're trying to do whatever they can. Well, the thing is, uh, the audience know that Mag sets it up that her dog, I guess like a lot of animal people, if or, you know, if it barks at a person, people usually say, oh, that's probably not a nice person. You know, like this weird superstitious stuff. Yeah, I know, I know. You know, so Magda, her roommate, gives that to Mary. She's like, you know, my dog, it loves people. It knows good good people in between bad people. And in the story, Matt Dillon's character, Pat, is more of a shittier person than Ted. So he hears this information and his plan, you know, he sets up is to drug the dog. So it would be loving. And he does this by giving it pills. But he gave the dog too many pills, so it's like dying. It's dying. It's passed out, and that's where the comedy comes in. With what does this he dog. get? He, there's like a Bud Light scene, right? It's like stay away from the light, and then like Mary's like, "Oh, the Bud Light." Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> but he literally electrocutes the dog to bring him back <laughs> to, to life. Back to life. <laughs> and yeah, that that was that was Hugh's interaction. And then when Ted interacts with the dog, the dog just literally growls at him. And attacks him. Well, it was given methane. Like, <laughs> like meth pills or something. So, so Ted, he's just trying to fight for his life. He literally throws the dog out the window. Yeah, and, and then that's when it gets into its famous, its cast. iconic cast, bro. Dude, you're telling me. I didn't know this. What happened? This dog was actually being sold at, like, malls and stores? Come on, listeners. I know you all agree with me. This thing was everywhere. This this merchandising, everybody knows this. The dog and its cast. No, yeah, Everywhere. No, they were selling these things, man. I, I remember it in the poster. I don't remember that. The only dog. Spencer's Oz, bro. Like, this was like one of the like, things people were buying back then. You know, like with the Austin Powers glasses. Yeah, and yeah, this, yeah. That was the era. Everybody, this dog was like, had to be like top 10 merchandising Dang. film. No lie. No, I, the only 90s dog I remember that was like merchandise was the Taco Bell Chihuahua. Yo quiero Taco Bell. I don't know. I guess I just blocked that out of my memory. It would have been hilarious, though. That was great marketing, great merchandising. Yeah, super smart. So that dog is definitely iconic in its own right. Wonderful character and funny gags that came from it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, great interactions. And I think we should get to probably the most iconic scene of this movie. The one scene people that didn't even see this movie know about. Is that a hair gel? 
jail scene. Uh, Steve has given Ted advice prior to his date with Mary to, quote, not go out with a loaded gun. It's kind of a metaphor for don't have all of your semen. I don't even know how that works. I don't even know how that works. Basically saying masturbate before your date because then you will have the tension it's released off of yeah. you. True, true story. As a kid watching this, I asked my mom. I didn't, I didn't watch it with my mom, but um, I saw it by myself, and then my mom had seen it already, and I, I talked to her about that scene. She's like, what, what was he doing there? I didn't understand that. And my mom was like, don't worry about it. No, 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 I didn't need to know. I need to know. What's going on? I'm old enough. She's <laughs> like, no, you're not. And you don't do that. <laughs> do what? <laughs> do, do, how am I going to know what he's doing if I don't know what he's doing? <laughs> Fucking parents. Oh dude. man, no, that shit was crazy back then. It, it's just too good of a concept. What, what about like what about the concept? A person masturbating and not finding their semen and making that comedic. And uh, we know side side note, Peter Fairley is the one who actually came up with this concept, and his joke was that what I just said. He said, "Man, wouldn't it be funny if a man ejaculated and then couldn't find his ejaculation?" I would at, love to be in that office when he's pitching that to all well, the studios. They, well, his brother was there in the interview I saw, and they were like, yeah, that was hilarious. And then that's when, you know, in a writer's room, especially in the comedic one, you keep adding extra. And in that scene, you see, like, that extra being put there because you have where he, Ben Stiller, he's masturbating furiously. That's hilarious. You know, just physical comedy, seeing his body move. But then when he's done, the physical comedy still continues because he's now looking – Wait. He's looking for his discharge. Yeah, well, you know, where's the discharge at? You know, it's usually here. <laughs> you know, and he's like, uh. And then the comedy ensues when you hear the doorbell. It's like, ding, ding. It's like, oh, shit, my date's here. Mary's here. Like, uh, well, it's, I don't see it on me because he looks at himself in the mirror. It's like, well, not in the mirror. Well, he looks down. And he's like, well, it's not, on, I guess, I don't know. Fuck it, phantom jizz. <laughs> the phantom <laughs> jizz. <laughs> and he opens the door. And that's when it's there, dangling on his ear. Again, another, this is so good. Like, this is one of those other good quick cuts from, like, earlier where the reveal of the the balls was just pretty quick. This, too, it wasn't that quick, but it was just jarring just seeing this Spider-Man product below you know what I thought it was? Because it was the 90s and early, I thought it was ice gel. Remember ice gel? Yeah. I was like, whoa, ice gel. <laughs> product placement. <laughs> Made with real Ben Stiller cum. What? <laughs> Fuck. No, it always reminded me of the bootleg one because it was a huge clump, bro. It was a huge clump of semen gel. Uh, when I didn't know what it was at the time. I thought it was like oh, egg I got, yolk. I thought it was egg yolk. I, I Honestly, I watched it last night and I was like, whoa, my company's never looked like that. Cochino. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So then Mary just, you know. Does she she swifts it too, right? She gives it a whiff? I see that. So if anybody or our listeners, somebody watch it and tell me when – she goes and pick it out. I swear, she does a like a sniff thing to be she like. Would have known then, I think. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing. I think they hinted that like she kind of knew but didn't, and then like she just takes that whole clump. You see it? She puts it in her hair. Well, now you know, guys, fellas. If you if you need some <laughs> if you need some hair gel for your date, you know, just you know, quickly whack off, right? <laughs> Kill two birds with one stone. Right. It's better than Tresemme. <laughs> That's the ooh la la in Tresemme. <laughs> oh shit, dude. Yeah, so that that was so funny. Um those are like no, but basically the main two scenes that stick out for me the most. Oh, my yeah. favorite scenes. No, like even for me, I like you guys, I told you guys I try to watch it right before. 
Yeah, even while I was watching it, like these were the main two. Uh, you would call them set pieces, right? In an action movie, this would just be a comedic sequences that I guess they're com- comedy set pieces for this film. Yeah, yeah. No? Did we talk about when or how old we were when we saw this already, or no? No, right? No, no, no. Okay. Maybe we should do that. <laughs> <laughs> it is the name of the show. Right? Uh, for me, I'll go first. I was probably 10 years old, either 9 or 10 in 2000. I remember renting it from the library. I remember putting it, requesting it, and it took like two months because everyone was watching the movie. It was so popular. And, yeah, when I finally watched it, I saw it at home. I didn't watch it in theaters, but I do remember the theaters, like the commercials and everything about that. So, yeah, it came out in 98. I think I watched it in 2000. And I had a blast. It was so funny. Yeah, no, my, my introduction too. I, I remember the commercials like you did when I was young, but it was like 98. I definitely saw this one year after when it was released because I know this was a blockbuster night rental. Make it a blockbuster night. And uh, what, with that too, it's like I know who showed me it had to be my brother-in-law, Jose, because no one else in my family would rent a movie like that. He's but the only and- one brave enough to <laughs> rent it. <laughs> brave man. And that's who I know I had to have watched it with, but... I remember, like, I'm pretty sure other people have remembered when their parents try to do, like, the little hand thing. Oh, yeah, to like, try and cover your yeah, face. Yeah. You saw this with your parents then? <laughs> no, with Jose. Oh, okay, okay. With okay, Jose. Okay. My parents yeah. would never watch yeah. these things. They would, they would, the, the, my parents don't even know, like, half the movies I've seen, like, when I was watching them. <laughs> you know, it was just like, they would glimpse and they'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Not bad, you know? But, yeah, yeah, he was the one who introduced me a lot of that. And, like, I know I saw it with him. My parents wouldn't even watch this today, bro. This is just way too much for them. Yeah, these scenes, though, were so funny. I think, did they age well? A, a handful of them did. These two especially, I think, they're just so iconic that they can't, you know, they can never be bad for what they are. Yeah, for sure. I agree, I agree. I think, yeah, these these two scenes, they stand the test of time. You want to talk about the final, I guess, these these are our most important scenes. We're just going to bring up the final part of the movie. Mary discovers that all of these guys who are like in love with her, they're all frauds, but they all kind of make their own pitch to her. And then it turns out the Brett that we were talking about earlier is none other than NFL Hall of Fame quarterback Brett Favre. Yep. I think at the time he was the Green Bay Packers quarterback then because this was, yeah, 98. So each one makes their pitch to Mary, and then you think like it, you're following Ted's perspective. So Ted walks away from Mary's uh, apartment or whatever, condo, and he's like crying. And then Mary comes back to him and she's like, Where are you going? And it's a callback from the first scene of the movie of them. It's like Mary tells him that she's a 49ers fan. It's like, I'm a Niners fan. Remember? Mm-hmm. Joe Montana all the way. And they end up together. Yep. A happy ending. Also, there's that other dude, that other old man. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Because he, yep. he tries to shoot. He tries to shoot Ted. I totally forgot about that. That was the roommate's boyfriend, I think. Yeah, that was yeah. Magda's boyfriend. Yeah, that was Magda's boyfriend. Yeah. Because yeah. he wanted Mary, too. And then he, he was so deformed, that dude. He reminds he, of Old Man Blue. Oh, that, blue. Yeah. That's old school, right? Yeah. That's like a yeah. Connection. That's the, they're the triplets. The you, you were talking about this earlier, how those musical dudes, like they're kind of just like for, break the fourth wall and then one of them dies. But they remind you of, of the South Park creators, right? Yeah. That's right. The opening scene, uh, like the song we played earlier is from the movie. Right when that happened, I, I instantly felt that. Like I was like, wow, this feels exactly like something South Park creators, Trey and Matt Stone would do, you know? It's just, I don't know how to explain that comedy. It's a it's certain, the musical. Like, it's the way they do the songs because South Park was very musical oriented. It still is, I, I think. Like those two dudes are very influenced by musicals. Well, with this, like they're definitely playing with, you know, 
disbelief. Like, why are there just like these two guys singing a random story in the middle of the street? I love it. It adds that absurdity. It adds that comedy element. You know and that I this is comedy. For like, sure. For this sure. This is not. It's the story is real enough, but the actions and what's going to happen to these characters is going to be absurd as fuck because, yo, this is a comedy movie. And uh, like, whenever we get the chance to make our own movies, like I want to incorporate that. Like those musicals, like they're so wacky and ridiculous, and it's just like the juxtaposition of like these Disney songs, but with adult themes has always kind of gravitated towards me. And uh, yeah, like there's something about Mary was one of the first films I remember seeing kind of that. Yeah. And still one of the only, like the, that way, you know, it's that way done. Cause oh, the only South, thing, South, South Park, South Park does it. And the only, while we were talking, I thought of flight of the Concords. Oh yeah. Of yeah. HBO. So yeah. like that essentially is what they were doing and something about Mary, what the flight of the Concords based their whole shit on, you know, coming in every episode with a random, tune and it just bring it brings you into the world it's like they set up the story you're gonna have a fun time you know just go with the ride yeah go with the ride okay if you were mary who would you choose serious question right here audience we want to hear your answers too if you were mary and you had to choose between ted woogie tucker keely or brett Favre, who would you choose Ooh, this is a tough question a tough question mowgli i don't know low-key I still think I'm going to go with Tucker. He seems like the funnest one. Tucker? He's just a pizza dude. He's a fake architect. He seems like fun. He's not trying, you know, he's just having a good time. I'll always have pizza. What was his name? Norm, right? I think his name his was real Norm. name? Yeah, his name was not Norm. In the, in the, in the, in the movie. movie, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Norm. The answer's easy for me. It's Brett Favre. Come on now. <laughs> I love fucking football. <laughs> I'm going to go Brett Favre. We're going to get the Hall of Fame. I mean, I won. Baby, we did it. We won. <laughs> That's me. That's Mowgli me. Favre. Favre. Exactly. That's Simpsons reference. Is this film more raunchy or more wholesome? What do you think? This is a big debate we've been having. We've been having this debate. Yeah, seriously. we've been having this debate trying to figure out, is this movie raunchy? It's considered one of the raunchiest movies. Um, a lot of places I've read, too, is considered one of the start-off points for you know hard R comedies, modern hard R comedies. It's definitely introduced that. I do think it, it helped usher in the 90s raunchy comedies earlier too um scary movie yeah but also don't be a menace because don't be a menace came out earlier they're wayne's brothers yeah well the wayne's brothers too are well let's go on it is it raunchy or not yes this film is raunchy. you think it's raunchy there's semen in this guy's ear he's getting his freaking penis and testicles ripped off basically and there's just a whole bunch of like gags where like sexual or phallic themed remember that whole um scene in the what was it like the truck stop area where it's like the, the gay yeah, 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 scene? Yeah, yeah, yes yeah. this movie is raunchy i guess i i just i think we have a i don't feel that in this movie i feel that there's more story and heart that the raunch is not raunch okay okay i will you give know? you that i will give you that Let's use these movies that you're talking about. Let's use the Waynes Brothers as an example for this, right? With the Waynes Brothers films, the way their kind of style works, I, those are raunchy films. Yeah, oh, no, no, I agree. Yeah, those are raunchy. Those are super raunchy films. Mm-hmm. I think theirs are more about the bits, less about the story. With There's Something About Mary and these other films, it's more about the story and then it's less about the bits, like the raunchy bits. They're both raunchy in their own elements. They just have different levels to it. I would agree with that more. But I would still not call this movie raunchy. I would just be like, it's a hard. This is, this is a nice adult coming-of-age comedy. <laughs> Literally coming-of-age. 
<laughs> oh shit. Cochino. But one thing I it is a comedy. This I could see why this is on the list. I know we were also battling earlier to recommend it. Uh, for sure see it. Cause Yeah, for sure see it. Solely on the comedy, like the slapstick comedy for me. I thought it was well done. And I, I don't I feel like I haven't seen that much other than like with the Waynes brothers, like you brought up. Um, what else? We were talking about another movie too that What are you talking about? American Pie? American well that one I find more raunchy. That for sure is a but yeah, more even raunchy, then, less slapstick. And that's more subgenre into like teen teen comedy, teen raunch comedy. You know, and this I don't see it. I, I like the I like the Fairley brothers. I haven't seen all their movies or I've their, seen most of them. I would like uh I think most people would agree I would put Dumb and Dumber as their greatest movie as the Fairley Brothers. But this is probably number two. Number like two I said, three. I haven't seen the first I haven't seen Dumb and Dumber completely. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. I, I will put this one first right now. Shame. 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 But Dumb and Dumber is so hilarious. I gotta check the it Far- out. Farley Brothers, dude. You wanna talk about the Farley Brothers? Or oh yeah, doing? but yeah, let's talk about this. these guys are like on this spectrum of comedy. Yeah, let's do it. So the Farley Brothers also what they were able to accomplish too with this film and most of their other films is their incorporation of these mentally challenged uh, actors. So uh, I'm going to quote this from, I think it's IMDb. Uh, quote, in most of the films uh, the brothers directed, they often show normal people as stupid morons, a la Dumb and Dumber, while they show handicapped people as normal and gifted, a la Stuck on You, Shallow Howl, Me, Myself, and Irene. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool how they were able to provide that opportunity for them and also make it so they have this like a uh, representation, right? What well, were you going to tell me? Well, I saw an uh, interview with them and the Fairley brothers talk about this because there was controversy when this movie came out on the special needs, a whole debate on the special needs debate because a lot of people were saying or media were criticizing the Fairley brothers making a joke or a mockery of disabled people. These 90s Karens, yes? Yep, 90s Karens. You can never get rid of these Karens. <laughs> no, no matter the era, they stay the same, right? <laughs> it's like Matthew McConaughey or something. And, uh, you know, he said uh, the Peter Fairley was like, yeah, the only backlash we were ever getting was, you know, through the media, you know, through the newspapers, through the TV news. But behind closed doors, they were getting rewards from, you know, special needs organizations like one well-known as Best Buddies. Mm-hmm. They came. They linked up with them for their future movie, The Ringer. They had already built a relationship with special the Special Olympics organization, and to get the Special Olympics to approve a film about Special Olympic people, a comedic one in this nature of that movie, I don't think they're going to have the our athletes' best interests, and they do not want them to be portrayed as like these degrading and just like slapstick kind of fools. No, they're they're being. They're being showcased in a humane way. And the Farrell brothers are doing, they're doing that. The Farrell brothers, that's what they wanted to do. And they explained that he was saying that when he was growing up, surprisingly, he was around like in high school that there was a lot of special needs children about him. And the comedy he was writing was not to make fun of them, but to write the comedy that, you know, he was viewing because he said he was more of an observer and he viewed the comedy. But the thing he would, he wouldn't do in his writing was, if a special needs person did that, he wouldn't go write it as, you know, quote unquote, a normal person doing it. He's like, no, it was a special needs to do it. And that's kind of the the charm or the comedy c- comes from there, too. You know, mm-hmm. it comes from the vessel. It's, you know, that's making the comedy. And he did it that way. And I 
feel that in this movie. Like he treats them like they are human Dignity. beings. He, yeah, you know, like he has them in the background, but he doesn't have them doing absurd, crazy things that I think like a shittier director or writer would, you know, like being crazy in the background. No, they're they're normal human beings. They're just out there in the background hanging out with each other, having fun. Like he, I feel that they don't portray these people. They don't do it in a jokingly matter. They're just showing a funny situation. Okay, one final thing before we wrap this up. How or if or can this movie be remade into today's era? No. No? I, I think a lot of pieces are going to be ripped out of it. There's only one way I could see this truly being remade into sequels today. Yeah. Should we talk about the my perspective Do it. aspect it of it? Sick. Okay. Yeah. So through, the reason we can have more different perspectives is – because in this movie, all the males are essentially having the same goal. They all want to hook up and be the last one with Mary, but they all go through it in a different way. But in this movie, we only see Ted's perspective. Or for the most part, Ted's perspective. Yeah, right? the, the main your main character to fall for is Ted. And you see mainly through his eyes and his journey. So you're saying that potential sequels or, or kind of um, prequels or just like in that same, what would they be? Just like well, films in that same universe, maybe in the well, same I, timeline, right? I told you like what I was thinking of, like the Springfield Simpsons episode where all these stories link up. Yeah. yeah and that's I would, that, cool. that's the only way I would think of it, like that you would want to reboot it that way. Like a story like that where you see all four. So it's, in, it's, there's something about Mary, but through Woogie's perspective, mm-hmm. there's something about Mary through Healy's perspective. Yeah. Through yeah, Tucker's, that's, expe- that's Tucker's too, cool. you know, cause he's, he's the one who's been there longer technically, right? Yeah. In a. Or, facade, or, you know? or Super Fairly Brothers, maybe through Warren's perspective as a brother. Mm, a protective brother, too. I love that. I love that idea. That's super sick. We should get on that. Also, we can do there's something about Mowgli. Yeah. <laughs> or, so, I don't know. Something okay. about Mowgli. Oh, we got to do a poster. That, that would be about interesting. Mowgli? <laughs> <laughs> Just, oh, fuck. That'd be cool. Okay, guys, that's going to do it for today's episode of Movies We Were Way Too Young to See. I Hopefully, you guys had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun recording this. Any questions or comments? feel free to email us at malvinmogley at gmail.com. Also, please subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple Podcasts, five stars, please. We need money. (laughs) (laughs) Unemployment's running out. I keep saying that, but it is. (laughs) Uh, Instagram and Twitter, malv underscore n underscore mogley. Anything else? Nah, man. You guys have a good one. Thank you. have a good one. We got a special surprise for next week, a fun episode. A little different, but I think you guys are going to love it. All right, take care.